Stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, visit www.3cr.org.au. Because we got the alternative energy right. we can have free autonomy. And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the Radioactive Show. This show was recorded and produced on Ghana and Gadigal land for 3CR Melbourne. It's broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. My name is Mara. This week we're looking at the ongoing role and important contributions of the Maritime Union of Australia in the nuclear and peace campaigns in this country. We'll hear from Jamie Newlin, the State Secretary of the MUA's South Australian branch, as well as from Nat Wasley, who's been active in the nuclear free movement in Australia for many years and is now also an active rank and file member of the MUA in Sydney. Let's hear from Nat Wasley first. Hi Nat, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me. Um, can you just give us a bit of an introduction about yourself with particular reference to the MUA? Sure. Well, I've been involved in nuclear-free activism for about 20 years, um, supporting and helping with campaigns. Uh, I spent about 10 years living in the Northern Territory, working with traditional owners from a number of sites, including Muckety, where a national radioactive waste facility was proposed and ultimately defeated. And since relocating to Sydney, um, continuing with the activism, but working as a wharfie. So I'm a rank and file member of the Mighty Maritime Union of Australia. Um, and why is it so important for the MUA to have an involvement in the nuclear campaign? Why, why is it relevant to the MUA? Well, the MUA and its predecessors, the Waterside Workers Federation, Siemens Union, have always had staunch community justice, social justice focus and um, policies that reflect that. And on the ground involvement, which is probably the most important, actually getting out there and taking part and driving and leading campaigns for peace, uh, for traditional owners, justice and for nuclear-free issues all around the world. But um, particularly the MUA here has been working really hard to support communities on the front line um, of many of these different proposals over the decades. Mm. So yeah, MUA has been amazing in supporting those communities on the front line, but um, members of the MUA are potentially impacted by it themselves in the handling and transportation of the waste. Is, that's correct? That's right. And so it's sort of twofold, the union's involvement. Um, there is the fact that workers are actually exposed and potentially, you know, at harm from exposure to radioactive materials. So really the first uh, on the front line of loading and unloading and transporting materials. And as part of the transport industry, obviously in close contact with other unions and other workers who are involved in that transport chain as well. But also that strong social justice focus has meant that the MUA's members um, have always looked to where the struggles are on the ground and to where communities are fighting imposition of radioactive projects, whether it be nuclear waste dumps or uranium mines, and also looking more broadly to fight against the threat of nuclear weapons and work towards peace. In terms of where I'm located in Sydney, uh, the, on the south coast, the Illawarra branch is the closest to the only operating nuclear reactor at Lucas Heights, but there has been an occasion of transport through Port Botany where I work, uh, not at the terminal I'm at, but, but in the port um, when it was unable to be taken through Kembla. And of course, there's communities and workers along the entire transport route of the trucks and also the, the waste that are affected by that. 
Mm, so a lot of people really should be consulted in any of these process, any of the processes um, and policies deciding what to do with the waste because all those people are impacted, not just the people at the end point where they want to put the waste or Absolutely. whatever material it is. Um, yeah, so there's the, there's the direct impact on workers and communities, but the MUA is fantastic in that it does look at the bigger picture and looking to the future and looking for sustainable and safe jobs for its members. The future is obviously not going to be in hazardous materials. There's a significant pollution problem um, and that's, you know, from plastics through to highly toxic materials in our environment, other highly toxic materials in our environment. So the MUA has great... Uh, climate policy as well and looking at just transition of workers and really strong active support for development of climate jobs. That does sound like big picture in the way that things should be done, which is not something you often see from the government, is it? Well, it's obviously uh, where it needs to start is from the ground up and so that's the movement we're trying to build. That's right. It's fantastic. And the campaign's uh, so much stronger for having the MUA's involvement and support, um, whether it's nuclear or climate, but really they're both part of the same problem, aren't they? That's right. And the MUA um, has consistently had a peace focus as well. Um, and that's been, you know, right back in the late 30s, there was Borfies refusing to load pig iron that was heading to be made into weapons. Um, and that was a long running dispute and a very famous dispute, again, from Port Kembla and Wollongong. Uh, and now the union is involved in a number of regional and international initiatives, including IPAN, the Independent and Peaceful Action Network, and ICANN, the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons. So really is involvement right from the level of workers, affected local communities, through to looking at people all around the world with similar struggles and working out how to join together and be stronger. So it's really covering the local, national and global. It's a really fantastic contribution to or peace and nuclear free issues um, that's right and um, I mean the the branches and the officials have fantastic policy but that is really driven from the members and that's what's important so you know I've been able to bring my experience and understanding of the nuclear issues into the room and there's a lot of other people who've been campaigning on peace and nuclear issues for decades that are teaching me a lot of the history and what's happened as well. So joining together, it's really exciting actually to be able to you know, get these policies through and then see them rolled out on the ground with the connections we have out in remote areas fighting nuclear dumps and uranium mining and then looking to how to really solidify that when people come to the city, there's somewhere to go, they can attend work sites, they can speak at the ports and also uh, also, MUA members and officials have been invited back to the desert and to actually see the places that are directly impacted. So it's been a great two-way flow of information and idea sharing and strengthening into a solid campaign. And it, it's a great example of um, environment groups, traditional owners, the unions and, and other broader stakeholders and other groups working together to create positive change. Yeah, well, that's the only way we're going to win, and I think that's something that the union movement is, you know, is built. The foundation of the union movement is built on, and is always actively working towards outreach as well as, you know, on the ground support. It's excellent. Thank you so much for that background and all that insight, Nat. Um, it's really kind of you to give us your time today. No problem, Mara. I look forward to hearing the show and talking again. Thank you so much, and go well on the wharf. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. You're listening to The Radioactive Show, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. 
We just heard from nuclear-free campaigner and MUA member Natalie Worsley. Next, we'll hear from the State Secretary of the South Australian branch of the MUA, Jamie Newland, who's been instrumental in the campaigns against waste dumps in SA. Hi, Jamie. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. My pleasure. Um, can you just explain your role at the MUA to start yeah, off with? I'm the, yeah, sure. I'm the branch secretary of the South Australian branch of the Maritime Union of Australia, a division of the CFMMEU. And how and why and when did you get involved in the nuclear side of things with the MUA? Well, essentially through you know our historical um, involvement, basically the unions and my being educated through some great old delegates and union officials when I was a former seafarer, um, you know the the MUA and its predecessor unions had long campaigned for peace um, and certainly after the Second World War and the dropping of nuclear bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki um, that we really took on a peace role and and obviously the uh, the advent of nuclear you know technology reactors and all those sort of things is, has um, you know been a much contested area that the the MUA have um, been on the side of um, being opposed to you know nuclear um, nuclear power, nuclear generation, and uh, nuclear weapons. Mm, and you were involved in correct me if I'm wrong in the campaign to stop the high level international waste dump that was proposed for South Australia, and now you're currently involved in the campaign against the National Radioactive Waste Management Facility that the federal government is proposing in South Australia. Yeah, correct. Um, the international waste dump proposal was quite disappointing, really, seeing it was um, initiated by a Labor government and uh, many Labor conferences and Labor policy have, have determined that you know nu- the nuclear industry generally wouldn't be supported by Labor governments, um, and and again that's an, another reason why the MUA came out in um, severe opposition to. Uh, to that proposal, um, not only because of the environmental and uh, human impacts, but you know the, the the economics didn't add up either. And and I think there's enough information out there to um, you know to qualify that statement. Um, but you know the pleasing thing was uh, with the citizens' juries and all those other um, elements of consultation that were uh, provided. You know uh, more than. 65%, I think, was the number of South Australians sort of opposed the, the idea of it. So notwithstanding the, the Royal Commission into that process and the, um, the heavy influence of the, uh, the Labor government promoting the idea, um, South Australians saw through it. So that was very pleasing. Um, in relation to your other question about the local um, Australian waste, uh, you know, our, our concern is that it hasn't really, you know, attracted the attention. A lot of people, I think, have got a bit of uh, nuclear waste um, apathy at the moment, given the Royal Commission into the International Waste Dump. Uh, we figure we better maintain our involvement in the no, no nuclear um, dumps in South Australia, primarily around safety uh, and, of course, uh, the traditional owners. Our First Nations people have got some significant concerns about um, the immediate level 
nuclear waste being uh, stored on their land. Absolutely. Uh, which is, you know, absolutely correct. So we're very supportive of that. Of course, the the other um, major issue for the, the Maritime Union is um, essentially uh, the, the transport routes and ports that may well um, uh, you know, be responsible for uh, transporting or loading or unloading uh, vessels with nuclear waste. We don't think there's been enough conversation or dialogue uh, or consultation on um, on how that will happen. Uh, the The process has been more about uh, a location rather than the whole supply chain mm -hmm. and the risks in that supply chain. So we're you know, very concerned about that, um, particularly in regional areas where sometimes, you know, safety doesn't see the importance that it does in, you know, in, in larger cities. Yeah, and the first, um, last year, some information came out um, from some government newsletters that finally said what we all suspected, that there were potentially going to be the ports of um, Port Pirie, Wyala or Port Lincoln, used to transport radioactive waste if they did manage to select a site in South Australia. And that was just before the ballot was supposed to happen in the affected communities that we all know is currently on hold. But that was the first that those communities had heard of it being potentially going through there. No, exactly. And, and thankfully and importantly, the mayors of all those communities rejected that proposition in the first instance. Um, without having any further information at hand to, to uh, um, you know, illuminate them about what what the consequences would be or how many uh, shipments would would uh, occur um, and how how the task would be handled, um, you know, there's so many unknowns mm. in this process that um, create concern. Mm. And uh, and going forward, I think we need to have an inquiry really into the how we do it as opposed to the where we do it. Yes, and like you mentioned before, looking at the whole chain of custody rather than yeah. just the end point where it gets dumped. That's Correct. Make, yeah, big picture, something the government should think about. That's right. And I mean, all those communities, so Port Lincoln, Port Piri, uh, Wyala, no one had spoken to those communities or consulted with them about the prospect of uh, low-level or intermediate level waste um, being shipped and transported through their communities, you know, and uh, um, and the proposed sites that would still be, you know, a two to five hundred kilometre um, journey, mm. uh, you know, from from any any one of those ports, depending on the site selection um, process. Mm. Um, now, on another note, at um, this. State ALP conference last October, they adopted a pretty good policy about um, the radioactive waste issue, um, which is a lot stronger and a, and a bit different to the one that was adopted at the national conference of the ALP in December. Can you tell us a little bit about um, those policies and your involvement in getting them adopted? Sure. Well, I'll, I'll start with the state process, and I think... Um, the state ALP conference were far more receptive of a broader uh, ALP policy given, you know, the, the areas in South Australia are contested mm. and and it is an emotive issue here. We've just been through the, um, the Royal Commission into an international nuclear waste dump. So I think that that attention was far more 
um, clear here in South Australia and provided you know people with uh, with enough knowledge to be able to support a broader resolution uh, to go into local policy we we then or I then amongst uh, other unions um, uh, that have a similar view um, from the left uh, presented that that was endorsed at the conference we we then saw it with you know the support of um, in, um, traditional owners of course uh, Australian Conservation Foundation and others um, you know uh, and I'll acknowledge those organizations um, for their assistance really in putting together uh, that policy um, and we were able to uh, use that as a vehicle to push through the South Australian conference of the ALP but when we took it to the the National Conference in Adelaide in December it was met with some resistance and I think again that is because uh, it's not on the, the radar of the nation um, there is a lot of confusion about uh, what's low level uh, radiation means or, or intermediate radiation and there's this um, terrible uh, view that it's you know um, uh, it's disposable gloves and aprons and things like that as opposed to more um, nuclear medicine you know to, mm. the life of nuclear medicine etc because none of those gloves or gowns will be actually going to any national repository yeah, they'll be right. going into landfill once they degrade to a certain level yeah no, precisely so um, yeah, we were met with a, a, a bit of opposition from um, certain sections of the ALP and uh, again I spent a bit of time at that national conference uh, negotiating with some senior figures in the ALP around uh, developing a policy again, um, collaborating with uh, Australian Conservation Foundation, No Nuclear Dump, South Australia and, and yeah, the Mutna people really uh, um, from the traditional owners um, about what we could live with in a, uh, in a in a resolution or a policy for the ALP. So what we think we've done is left the door open for uh, consultation, um, recognition of traditional owners, uh, and, uh, and I'm hopeful that we can get to a position uh, through a bit more lobbying, of course, um, that you know, uh, an incoming Labor government will consult more broadly uh, with the community and look at an inquiry about how we do it as opposed to a site selection inquiry uh, that has really divided communities um, and and continues to be a contested area of policy. Well, given that there was absolutely nothing about nuclear waste in the draft policy platform, it's fabulous that something got in at all and it's something that the campaign against this waste dump proposal can work with. So um, if the ALP get elected at the next election, then we will have something to work with, which would have been a lot harder if we didn't have a policy in there at all. So that work yeah. that you did at both of those conferences, because I feel like the um, state policy informed the national policy to some extent, um, if it wasn't for that work, it would be a lot harder going forward for the whole campaign to have responsible radioactive waste management in this country. No, absolutely. And, and while there were some small references to um, nuclear waste, uh, essentially uh, the non-importation of it, um, there were there were sections that talk about hazardous waste, but it really did lack any detail around uh, nuclear waste 
uh, on its own. So, yeah, it is great that that is now on the policy agenda um, and an opportunity to still campaign around, um, you know, the how, I think, as opposed to uh, just the where. Exactly. And that big picture approach yeah. rather than just where do we put it and then think about how later. Um, is there anything else you wanted to mention before we wind up? Look, I think, uh, you know, the campaign has to continue just because it's like most things, just because it becomes a policy of a political party doesn't mean uh, it all ends there. Um, we right. still need to campaign and be uh, activists in this space um, and lobby, uh, you know, not only communities uh, for that education purpose, um, but also the politicians to ensure that, um, you know, they are uh, listening to the right people um, and are considering other other ways and means of sort of dealing with the whole nuclear waste issue. Uh, I don't think it's lost on anyone that, yeah, you know, we have to do something with it, but, you know, proper consultation and uh, process are essential to a you know, a long-lived outcome, hopefully. That's right. And as we know that the whole process is currently on hold because of two court cases, one by the Bangla people and one by the Atnamatna, um, two court processes going on that are all about the bad consultation and potentially racial discrimination as well. So um, given that the whole process has come to this sort of pause for now, um, that just really highlights a decent consultation that's done properly is really imperative. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Mara, I think, you know, from the other positive from the Labor Party conference was that they have a strong um, reconciliation action plan now to deal with traditional owners. You know, they're talking about um, constitutional coverage and all these sort of things. So, you know, that's another important step in in an important voice in that nuclear waste space uh, as well, um, being recognised more thoroughly, I think. Um, so, you know, there are many sort of avenues that we can sort of lean on to try and ensure that um, the proper consultative processes are in place and uh, particularly the Labor Party's renewed efforts into um, traditional owners' recognition uh, and their rec um, reconciliation action plans will sort of um, inform some of that other discussion around nuclear waste, I think, mm. particularly amongst uh, Labor politicians. So. And eventually we'll have responsible radioactive waste management in this country. That's the plan. <laughs> That's the plan. We'll get there. Thank you so much for your time today, Jamie, and thank you for your thoughts and insights and all your effort on this campaign over quite a few years now. It's adding up. It is. It sure is. But I'm, uh, you know, it's my pleasure. Uh, you know, I feel like a small cog in the wheel, but um, I'm glad the MUA can play a role. And uh, as long as I'm in the role, I'm happy to participate. So it's all good. Well, I think the movement's happy to have you in. Happy to have you in it, and very lucky too. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks so much, Jamie. Bye. Bye. The motion adopted at the South Australian ALP State Conference on Saturday 13th of October 2018 was number 148, no nuclear waste dump in South Australia. It reads, State Convention acknowledges that radioactive waste management is a complex policy challenge that requires the highest level of transparency and evidence and that the current federal approach to site a national waste facility in regional South Australia is strongly contested. 
supports traditional owners and community members in the Flinders Ranges and Kimber regions of South Australia in their current struggle to prevent a nuclear waste facility being constructed in their region. Calls for full transparency, broad public input and best practice technical and consultative standards during the current site nomination and selection process. Expresses concern at the Federal Government's continuing focus on finding a single remote site for radioactive waste to be disposed, low level and stored, intermediate level, to the exclusion of all other waste management options. Reaffirms its support for the civil society call for the extended interim storage of federal wastes at federal sites pending a broad independent inquiry that examines all options for future responsible radioactive waste, transport and storage and management. Commits to support communities opposing the nomination of their lands or region for a dump site and any workers who refuse to facilitate the construction and operation or transport and handling of radioactive waste material destined for any contested facility or sites, including South Australian port communities. This is a strong and welcome policy. The motions adopted at the National ALP conference in December 2018 were not as strong but do enable the progression of responsible radioactive waste management. Motion 154, this is the federal one, states Labor will vigorously and totally oppose the ocean dumping of radioactive waste, prohibit the establishment of nuclear power plants and all other stages of the nuclear fuel cycle in Australia, remain strongly opposed to the importation and storage of nuclear waste that is sourced from overseas in Australia. And Motion 155 states that Labor acknowledges that radioactive waste management is a complex policy challenge that requires the highest levels of transparency and evidence, while balancing the need of the community to benefit from treatments for disease like cancer. Accordingly, Labor will act in accordance with scientific evidence and with full transparency, broad public input and best practice technical and consultative standards, taking into account the views of traditional owners to progress responsible radioactive management. So this is something we can work with. Thanks so much to Nat Wosley and Jamie Newland from the Maritime Union of Australia. The MUA's involvement in nuclear-free campaigning in Australia has been instrumental for decades. Thanks for listening to The Radioactive Show. You can download the podcast of this program at www.3cr.org.au slash radioactive. We'll post links relevant to today's show on our Facebook page and website, including the South Australian and Federal Labor Party's policies on radioactive waste management. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email us on radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. The Radioactive Show was produced on Garnerland with support of Friends of the Earth's Nuclear Free Collective for 3CR Melbourne. It's broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues.